This DJ and TV show is sponsored by DJ Event Planner, Electra Voice, DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo, ProX Direct, NLFX Pro. Promo only. Odyssey cases. Perfect portals. JMOS lighting. Instant DJ requests. And our DJ and TV insiders. This is John Young from DJN TV. Thanks for watching. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday night. We are back. We are ready. And uh, because it's Labor Day, we didn't really want to work. So what we decided to do is we we're going to do a Q&A and just, you know, like make stuff up on the fly. No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're, we're no, you're making not. you guys labor tonight. Yeah, you guys. Gonna, exactly. <laughs> you have to answer the questions. We're just going to sit there and wait and we're going to stare at the chat. Anytime now. Anytime now. 30 seconds later. Oh, there's oh, there the it answer. Is. Yes. There's okay, great. Great. <laughs> No, we we do appreciate those of you that are tuning in because I, I know, depending upon where you're at in the country, some of your parties might still be going on and this is playing uh, as we're, we're talking. And for some of you, you're like, listen, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And we appreciate that very much. MJ's hat. Mikey, Mikey likes your hat there, MJ. Same it's hat. Backwards. It's, it's just just backwards. backwards yeah. It's just backwards. Yeah. It's just backwards. Yeah. It's, it's it's vacation mode. It's yeah. It's, it's <laughs> After this, he's gonna go catch uh, catch a game, and it'll be great. Oh my goodness! So tonight, guys, of course, we gotta have got a bunch of questions that we'll get to and work our way through. Before we started with that, I wanted to to mention uh, talk about the experience with Bark this past weekend. So for those of you who are familiar with Bark, Bark is a website people can go in and they can enter in their event information and it will then send it out to DJs, some of which are in the Bark system, some of which they're trying to solicit to in that vicinity that may be interested in working that. You have to buy credits with Bark in order, and then you are charged credits to see that event. And, um, you know, there's some things out there that uh, they've had guaranteed bookings that if you book, if you don't book it, you know, you can file to get your credits back, whatever, whatever they've done. Uh, some people have said that Bark has 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 uh, bogus events that they do, that they try to get people in and in their system to buy a bunch of credits and then never should whatever. So Saturday, about 1130, 12 o'clock noon ish. I get a message saying that there's a bride looking for a DJ for tonight, an emergency DJ at a venue. And I saw her name and it's like, gosh, that looks familiar. So I jumped, I, I did a search and I, cause I, my garbage wasn't, doesn't get cleaned out that often. 
And there was a post from two months ago from that same same bride looking for a in the the area, um, but the same information and such of, of what she was looking for on Saturday. And I thought, ha ha! I wonder if this is legit or if it's actually. But I didn't, you know, I didn't think too much of it. Then a friend of mine gets a call from Nigel at about four thirty. She thought that she could she had booked an initial DJ through Bark, and then she she thought that if she sent it out at noon, she'd be able to find another DJ for the same price. So then when she called at 4.30, she needed the DJ to start at 5 o'clock. She waited until after the ceremony to actually get on the phone and start calling. And yes, she indeed, she booked someone for about $400, $500, whatever it was for the day, and for some reason they decided not to do her show. They went and took a different event. So... There is indeed real brides once in a while behind those bark things, and sometimes they're not making the best decisions when it comes to their entertainment uh, dollars, their entertainment uh, situation. So I have no idea if she found anyone or not, because he was uh, literally setting up at his show, but I, I thought it was funny that there really was honestly a bride who was desperate enough at noon for a DJ, and instead of starting to call... She goes and fills in another bark request. That's crazy. I I will say this, like so, a, a DJ X, DJ Stacy Trackstar. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm Nichols. blanking on her last name. Nichols. Thank you, Nichols. Um, she presented a, a a seminar that was all about using bark and and these systems to go after events. But one of the very first things that she laid out was like, listen, this is probably not what you're wanting to use for for weddings like like this like because there are so many other places for more qualified leads when it comes to weddings and that's probably not where you want to go but rather using them for places that people don't have to go like for example corporate clients they don't really have a wedding wire or the knot or some other like random source to use like that so bark and those types of services tend to work for those but not necessarily for weddings that's interesting because i recently i've seen numerous uh, corporate type things come in where they're looking for someone for a party uh, you know for four hours or three hours on a friday afternoon uh, most of the time they're looking for a band and it still comes to me but it's been quite there have been quite a few uh, corporate now that you mention it because there haven't been as many weddings so hmm. to my understanding you can like kind of funnel and set up your settings. And so it might be that you're getting the band stuff because some, some settings you need to tweak. It could be, Just or it could be that I'm the only thing in the area that they have too. You know, it's possible. They're, they're John, uh, John does have that, uh, San Francisco Bay area rocker kind of look going there. When I pull my ukulele out, people go crazy. They're like, yo, this is yeah. going to be a party. You know, that was going to be when you did the blow up instrument. Oh, I don't even get me started on my blow blow up drumsticks and how I can just rock the crowd with my air drum skills. Oh yeah, it's incredible! It's incredible. <laughs> All right, well, I've got the questions queued up, and and if anyone has any questions while we're doing the show tonight, uh, I see John and Mikey and Steve and and uh, Colin and goodness, how we, a lot of people in the chat room. If you got a question that you'd like us to hit, whether it's tonight or it might be in the next show, put it in the chat, and then I move them over to our master list, and we work our way through those. So, gentlemen, we're going to do put our little uh, marker in here, and we'll be right back. All right, our first question tonight is, guys, what do you use for cues when you're trying to read the crowd? You're looking out, whether it's on a dance floor or people who are not on a dance floor, which I think is usually the the, the tougher one. But 
you're trying to read the crowd and, and see how successful you're being. What cues are you looking for from those people? Well, I have a whole list, actually, of cues. Um, sometimes it's headphones. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's play. Sometimes it's pull. No, 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 no. Sometimes it's shuffleboard. You're, sometimes you're, it's cards. You're close, but... So, so I just want to say that all of those all of those cues can be used for stuff. Yeah. You're close. You're really close, but not quite. So well, I, I'm going to take it in a different direction, probably more <laughs> what we intended here. Um, I think I had to thing, shake his head early in the show. I win. <laughs> one of the things I like to do, especially like during dinner and that kind of thing, as well as cocktails, is I, I, if, as long as a couple gives me kind of the freedom to do so, I like to be able to hit a bunch of different genres within that. A little bit of new, a little bit of old, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock, a little pop. And, and just kind of a wide variety and see what people start kind of bopping their head to start playing along with. Do I get any, especially during cocktail type of thing, do I get any tip of like, hey, we're singing or like, for example, this past Saturday, I threw uh, Backstreet Boys. I went it that way just to kind of see what would happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I watched and I watched someone like look at somebody across the tent and start like singing to them. Not, not like loud, but they were mouthing it just to get their attention. And I went and go definitely going to use some boy band stuff later on and so little things like that just to kind of see that head bob that that nod and, and again if they're singing along it, it's that that's instant like oh i've got them for later and i think that singing along is a very important thing when it comes to the dance floor itself because there's times where people will be out there and they're not dancing aggressively but they're singing along and having a good time to the song great and then there's times where they it's a, a song that they don't know and they're out there dancing and they're doing their thing, but they, you can just see it in their eyes that they're not connecting with the song. And that becomes that can, you know, be a bridge to the next song and you know get out of it as MJ's mentioned numerous times. Or that uh, you know, if it's the right crowd, they may be so drunk it doesn't matter. <laughs> That is very, very true. And and that's the thing. I think seeing how they're responding, seeing if they're just dancing to some beats or if they're dancing to the music that they know is, is going to be key. And and I think it's one of those nice things. If you, oh, I would say if you always go for music that's going to be for the beat, right? In other words, you're, you're, you're playing something and you may even try something new to see how it works. I think to a degree that only works for so long, having that ebb and flow and in and out of, of different things that you do um, allows the guests to connect in a completely different way so that they want to stay on the floor longer. You know, if, mm -hmm. if they're singing to this one and they're dancing to this one and they're, you know, cuddling up to this, however the cuddling up might be, they're, they're going to have that different response and that different feeling. And it's going to allow them to ride a roller coaster with you and stay longer. For sure. One thing um, when it comes to, to people who are not on the dance floor and the people are kind of around the room and say it's earlier in the night and you're trying to feel things out yet uh, of what's going to work, like the end of the cocktail time. And and I, we talk, uh, talk to younger DJs that when they've come with me about you watch these people and you're seeing like three or four different conversations going on on the other side of the dance floor. Are any of them listening to the music or paying attention to what's going on? And they'll look and they'll be like, no. It's like, okay, now look again, but go down and notice feet. You'll see that a couple of these ladies are tapping a toe. So now that means that they're starting to subconsciously or in, you know, they're starting to connect with what's being played a little bit more, or whether they know it or not, it's, it's happening. And then after a period of time, then you'll start to see 
uh, some of these people where they'll be kind of jumping into the chorus of the song, whatever. But it, by reading some of those little body cues that can be sometimes overlooked, those can be, you know, we'll tell you that later in the night, boy band stuff is going to go over because they were there. That was their time uh, when those songs came out. One of the things I love to do during cocktails, because that's when a lot of people are, are standing. So sometimes you don't see as much toe tap. Um, if you have cocktails table where somebody is like, I've got their drink in their left hand and, and they'll be tapping their fingers with their right. Like, like they're feeling that beat almost like the toe tap, but with their fingers. Mm-hmm. Or I'll see like a, a kind of a, almost like a neat, I don't want to say a neat, like a neat jerk, but like a knee bend, you know, where they're kind of feeling it a little bit. And, and so their body's starting to get into that, whether they're obviously dancing or not. No, but they're starting to feel that music. MJ. So you guys are saying you don't use pull cues or cue cards. Well, we only use those in certain situations. Generally it becomes when that request that comes up is not, then we use a pull cue. I just wondering. Yeah. 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 It's good to have an extra one, you know, um, to me, everybody there is a cue. Uh, but I've learned through hanging out with you guys that my mind does not see the world the way everyone else does. So I don't care whether I'm DJing or at the grocery store, I see and hear everything all the time. So I'm seeing the tiny people way off in the corner doing the little head going like this. I'm seeing someone kind of look at someone else like Dan said, and they like it. And someone else just kind of tilts their head back. And you see to me, every single, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, in my book, I call them, uh, OAs outward actions. And some are voluntary, most are involuntary. And when you get to read those, you can read so much about a person, whether they're lying or anything like that. But in this sense, I just kind of look or I spend a lot of time looking around and just seeing what's going on. And then you find the people that might start the dance floor and you pay attention to them and try to move maybe that group of pretty girls first. That might be the first group you try to move because if they come out, then maybe somebody else will come out. But right. everybody there is is cueable um, to watch, and uh, I've been a fo- uh, a very big, you know, promoter of test the music. Don't don't be afraid to dip something and then get out of it. And that's where the mixing skills come in. Um, you know that you, if it doesn't work, have the ability to get out of it, and if it does work, have the ability to make that turn and keep going that direction, like sure. Dan said with the boy bands. Yep, have your boy bands lined up. You know. Yep, for sure. Excellent. All right, gentlemen, let's jump to our next question. Chat, in case you didn't see it from Phil. I have, yeah. All right, question number two for tonight. We're going to talk about sneakers or tennis shoes, whichever way you want to look at those. Trainers. Trainers. Somebody was asking, what's the most comfortable? And I think we're going to... Which, should, what's more comfortable, a sneaker, a trainer, or a tennis shoe? Well, that that's what we're going to talk a little bit about that. But really, we're looking for something that, because everyone, when you hit you know, past 25, so Dan, you're not there yet. But for the rest of us who are over 25, you know that our legs just aren't as fresh in, in such the next day. And much of that is because of footwear. So let's talk about that. What have you guys found that has been comfortable shoes that you could wear and have success with? Can I help somebody out on this before? Because that's something that Dan has has dove down recently, I think, because he he talked about it a few times. But if you want any shoes you wear and shut up about the Crocs, no. Say no to Crocs all the time. Uh, We got someone in from Facebook usually say Hoka. Love Hokas, by the way, but they are 
cray expensive. They're like 160 bucks. I found a cheap pair of faux hokas that I love. I paid, I don't know, 20 bucks for them. But one of the best things you could do, honestly, to help with that is get off your butt. If you're at home working, stand up. Get used to standing for hours multiple times a week. Go for a walk, uh, whatever. That that will help you out so much to where you do that five, six-hour wedding and you won't be sore the next day. And it doesn't always have to do with the shoes. It has to do with you. You can train yourself to be better at that. Very but my good. vote was Hoka's that, that a Facebook user said. Um, I, your name, apology, Facebook user. You're, you're, that's all it says up. on our chat on this end. Um, but Hoka's are great running shoes. They they. I don't know a pair of dress pants they would go with, <laughs> but I love them. So go ahead. Damn. So, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of MJ's for just a brief moment. I, I, to go a step further, I, I really encourage anybody who is looking to help themselves out long term. Exactly as MJ said, be, besides just the working out piece, but but you know if you, if you're wanting to just kind of help yourself out in those non-event days, go to a running store. Go to a store that specializes in running shoes and have them check you out to find the type of shoe that you wear. So, for example, he recommended Hoka's. I put on a pair of Hoka's and they were not good for my feet. I use Brooks when I'm not doing events. So that's one thing I would say is just go to a store for those non-event days. That will help you in those five, six days a week that you're not doing events to have something that's going to be supportive for your feet. So when you are doing them, you're not using five days of misuse and trying to make one day of good use with like these bare shoes. All right. Now, the other thing that I will say, so when it comes to when it comes to the weddings and that's the scene that I'm doing. Um I'm not to the level of comfort to be able to wear sneakers. We've kind of talked about this a couple different times of being able to wear, you know, the white sneakers with the black suit. I can't personally I just not there. If you are great, there's a lot of stuff out there that that we would recommend. However, there's two different types of shoes that I've worn over the years that I've had a lot of success with. So in my teaching realm, being on my feet seven hours a day, walking around my classroom, I went and one of the types of shoes I got uh, was Johnston and Murphy um, was the was the brand. They were like $100 at the time. It was the most I'd ever really spent for a pair of <laughs> dress shoes, right? Yep. I'd done $50, $60 dress shoes. Don't get me wrong. Even $70, I to jump up to $100. I was like, ooh, now they're like $150. Um, but those shoes, not only did they last, the, the soles of them lasted, and they, they were comfortable, and I had no problems with them. Okay. Now, fast forward. I was looking for something recently. This was actually just last year. And Cole Hahn, which is it's another brand there, had a lot of success. They're very stylish. Um, they bend very nicely. They have some of that sneaker-esque type of look without being crossing all the way into that. Um, so I would definitely recommend uh, those type as as ones that, again, most comfortable. Yeah, when it when it comes to dress shoes, they, I feel you know I can be in them all day and I don't feel painful. Um, walking around in them and using them. I feel good. Excellent. John, what have you found? Um, I'm going to kind of build, I'm going to build off what Dan built when he built off what MJ built. built <laughs> um, I thought he was going to say cowboy boots. Cowboy boots. Actually, some people say those, I swear by those as being the greatest. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with, as Dan was kind of alluding to, he has Brooks that he uses during the week with his outdoors. And I think that getting good, good support, especially as we get a little older on every day, 
Um, if you're one who doesn't wear shoes in the house, get some shoes with support and those become house shoes. Do the, do the Mr. Rogers thing. You come in, you sit down, you sing your little song, you put on your house shoes and you have shoes on when in the house. Because that's the, those are the times when a lot of the damage happens and we don't realize it that we have no support and we're walking around on um, on carpet and, and fairly hard floors or tile floors all day long. And that makes it that much more tougher for our legs come weekend time because they haven't had support and they've been abused already. So I would recommend support, shoes with support, sandals with support, whatever you're going to wear during the week. Then when it comes time for the weekend is to have good shoes. I've had good luck with some Clarks uh, for dress shoes. Uh, I do have Brooks. I'm a huge fan of the Brooks that I use those for running. Um, I actually have three pairs that I use running. I've got one pair that sits with the treadmill, and I alternate um, one day I'm wearing one pair and one day the other. So that way I'm putting you know miles on all three of them instead of putting all the miles on one pair. So one pair can dry and be ready to go. Having that variety and then changing. Um, in the house, I have, uh, I have some Keen uh, house shoes that I wear that have nice support. But I'm also changing from brands. I'm not staying on Brooks all the time. And then when I'm doing some, um, I'm doing out and doing yard work, I've got Merrells that have some really good support that I'm using for that. And I think that changing that way, but yet all of them having good support helps one's leg and you don't become, you know, Brooks uh, or, or Hoka or whatever, um, you know, that your, your body's starting to adjust to that and then you become dependent on that particular shoe. Exercise is huge. I mean, I was I was suffering after shows. I haven't had that um, since I've been starting to ex- exercise and running and walking on a consistent basis. It's been night and day difference. Um, but shoes, exercise, and having a anti-fatigue mat, I think, is the third part of what I would recommend for people. Is even those little half-inch uh, thick square tiles that you can get, you know, for weightlifting, you can get them anywhere. Uh, where they come in those four or eight packs, they can help. I I keep four of them in the back of my truck just for that. And if I go to a gig and it's a really hard floor, I can set that behind the booth and I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those are are things that uh, Michael, uh, he won't leave without anymore uh, because they are just so, so beneficial. So those would be the things. And shoes, I, I, you know, I think if... If you're looking for the $30 shoes, I mean, most brands of shoes have it where they've got a lower, more kind of an entry level you can pick up at the the, the big box stores or you can pick up at the knockoff shoe store. Then you've got the ones that are that are in the $100, $130, $150. Uh, there's a difference. That $60 pair of Brooks and that $100 or $150 pair of Brooks are completely different in how they're designed. So... Yeah, MJ might have really good luck with, and, and he's gotten lucky with those, but most of the time, it doesn't work that way. They always say, if you find a pair of shoes you like, buy more than one pair. And yes. when I found these, because they were cheaper and I liked them, I bought five pair. Yep, I, I would definitely recommend I think that. I still have two that have not been opened yet. And I'm like you, I keep a pair that's just for running. They mm-hmm. don't get worn outside, they don't get worn, they're for running, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you I would also recommend, like, you know, you notice in all three of us, we kind of talked about support in some form or fashion. We talked about the support that the shoe is going to give you. Um, I think sometimes people mistake comfort and support. Yes. So, so the support's really what's going to help you. It's going it's to help you the next day. So it's going to help you, you know, keep from, keep from feeling that. Um, I picked up a pair of Hey Dudes earlier. The I guess it was the end or the beginning of last month. And I w- I've been wearing them around. I will tell you right now. They do not give much support at all. Yep. Um, however, they are very comfortable to wear. So, you know, kind of be aware that what's going to be good for you 
for wearing all day long and what might be good for you to throw on to run to the grocery store and come back might be two different things. Um, but just kind of keep that in mind that if somebody tells you they're the most comfortable things ever, yes, but are they going to be good for you to wear for seven, eight hours? Might Maybe be not. Completely different Dan story. and John, one last question about shoes. Pumps or wedges? Uh, you know, see, I, I've been working on my legs, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I got to work on my calves a little bit more. So. I'm glad he didn't stay stilettos. Yeah, right. John's already tall enough as he is. Yeah, that's true. That would be pretty tall there. All right, let's jump, jump to the next question. All right, our next question tonight is one that all of us have experienced on one side or the other or both. And the question is, is why do DJs hate other DJs? Who wants to start with that one? And there you get <laughs> Okay. Well, my answer is simple. They don't hate other DJs. They hate themselves for not achieving or doing the extra work. Mm, okay. It's necessary. Because if you hate on someone else, you never hate down. You always hate up. Haters hate up. They don't hate down. You don't hate someone who's less talented than you. You don't hate on someone who doesn't have the gigs you don't want. You hate up. So apparently, are you doing the work? And is that where the anger and, and spite and bitterness comes from? Is the fact that you know, you're, you're not doing what you're seeing them do. So the question there becomes, is it them or is it you? And that's my thing is I think why most, not all, it's a blanket statement, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I think it comes down to. And I guess that really has been my experience over the years because I have had a few uh, detractors over the years that, especially in those, those late 90s, early 2000 timeframe. And some of these, some of these people went way out of their way to, well, one of them turned me into the state of Minnesota to, uh, when we were trying to build the association to try to get them to uh, come down on us for price fixing. Um, you know, some people have got a, got an axe to grind, but most of the, every one of them had that in common is that there was a huge amount of jealousy and they were jealous of us being out there and us being successful and us doing something as opposed to sitting there and, and uh, you know, woe is me, no one's booking shows, everything's bad, just like it is with all the other people who are bad. And it's like, yeah, we weren't going to go there. So yeah, was, that was definitely my experience. It's definitely a jealousy thing. Too many, there's too many people out there that that are that are bent out of shape because of something. You know, they're jealous because you're working and they're not, or they're jealous because they've got this, you got this event and they don't. You know, the most kind of pushback that I've ever gotten, or kind of like scuttlebutt that I've always heard, has been, you know, oftentimes related to a price thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because people are just like, you know. I, you know, I can't, D, DJ shouldn't charge that much or it's impossible to make that much. And, and somebody is, and then somebody's mad because they are. And it's like, and they're telling them like, you can do this too. And so then they hate on them because they're trying to help them. And, and, it, and it's, that's, that's the thing that always kind of gets weird. Um, there was a quote I was seeing and I saw something uh, mentioned. Oh, shoot. I forget. Maybe I can find it real quick while we're talking. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was it was very interesting the way it was presented. Give me like 30 seconds because I found the person who posted it. Well, he's doing find. that, John. Mm -hmm. uh, could you help me out and uh, uh, please define the scuttlebug? Scuttlebutt. 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 Could you please do yeah. that, please? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I found my I found my quote. Um, this is this is from Ricky G, who a phenomenal phenomenal guy. For those of you guys that did the uh, or that watched the virtual training night from August, he was one of them that that jumped in and gave his two cents on, mm-hmm. on what he does. Um, his quote was: "Even if you hear a bad story about me, first understand there was a time that I was good to that person, but they won't tell you that." They won't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Ask them what happened to change that. And so I think it's very interesting that a lot of times when DJs hate on other DJs, the one they're hating against actually tried to be good for them at one point. They tried to help them out in some form or fashion, and they didn't like the advice that they tried to give them. Um, and that, that's not maybe all the case, but I, I can see, a, you know, kind of like MJ says, like I can see where that developed in some of those cases for sure, that it was just this argument of somebody trying to help somebody and they mm-hmm. didn't like how it was maybe, done. maybe that person decided not to help them anymore you know you know you got to try to get on your own then the person gets mad and says he doesn't do anything for anybody um he did but you were so unthankful and ungrateful and and childlike no one wants to help you yeah there's you're definitely- you're, a, you're a psycho hose beast all right so just that's what people are going to, you know, Hey, if he can use scuttlebug or whatever he said, I can say psycho hose beast, um, which is an eighties thing. So I said how old I am. Um, but, uh, there's a lot of things for that way. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you, here's one that I'm just putting out there that if you constantly send me questions and I don't answer you back, don't dog me because I'm not answering you back. I'm hoping that you will go look up the question just by typing it in instead of hitting me up with questions that literally I go somewhere, copy and paste a link from what you type to me. I copy what you type to me, paste it in Google, get the link, paste it in yours. Try doing that next time. So don't be mad at me because I won't respond to you. Do so your own work. So you're saying after I was, I, I was typing it yeah. in. After we messaged so you, you the fifth you, time. You were my Google. It's like, Look you were my you experts. firing up at me right now. I love this. See? <sighs> See? So this much. is There's so many different. If you want to, somewhere in the DiscJockeyNews.com uh, webpage, there's an article I wrote, I don't know, 10 years ago about different types of haters. Yep. And you will look at different types, and there's different things. Um and just to tell you how that works is you go to discjockeynews.com and you you can go there and then if you type in Michael Joseph haters, I think it should pop up for you. But if you ask MJ to find it for you. <clears throat> He'll give you the exact link. <laughs> Let's see if it does now that I'm, that I'm talking smack about it. it if it was, uh, if it's been uh, re-released. Well, it's been on several websites, so there's a chance if you just Google that. Oh, it, okay. So we have the dealing with haters. The we don't have the article uh, on there. We have the uh, the show that you and I did together. I think. Okay. We did a. Uh, uh, while we go on, I'll see if I can find that and I'll throw that in the chat. Yeah. Um, but it's. I I know you ha- guys have it as a link. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's on a couple other websites. But there's there's so much more to this. That's the thing that you know. It's just like people talk about success, the most of the iceberg you don't see. The same with this. If someone hates, it's not as easy as they say that that's there's so many layers that probably don't have anything to do with you why they're hating. Yeah, very true. So really try to take it as being, you know, if you, if you can be nice, talk to them. I'm all for trying to, you know, bridge gaps, talk to people, but don't take that to heart and saying I caused that. Uh, I need to cha- change because there's so many levels that are that 
what they do to you and say to you may be the last straw of a thousand straws. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the next question. Okay, next we're going to be going outdoors. We just did an event outdoors and we have our DJ controller that's a little dusty and a little kind of messy and we want to clean it up so it's ready to go for the next show. What is your best suggestion for cleaning said device? Somebody Without, does that? Can I answer that? Yes, please. <laughs> just like my truck. Wait till it rains. <laughs> Car washes are hard for suckers. Just, just wait till put your controller outside and then don't blame me for whatever happened so so anyway uh, by the way for those of you that did not see the disclaimer yeah, yeah don't listen to him yeah that's not yeah that wouldn't be the best idea not the best idea no um so so let me let me start by saying this i, I i'm one of those that does not do this to the level that i should but it is definitely something you know right now you know outdoors might not be as outdoors as we may have thought at one point it does not mean necessarily being in a tent and it does not mean being out under the open air it could mean being in a barn it could even be yes. being in a um in a ballroom you know it, your your equipment's going to get dirty in some form or fashion so some of the things that you want to make sure that you're doing mj was one of the big proponents to me and i do not take his advice like i should with this but one of the things that i did you know, take him up on as well as Jimmy. Jimmy was awesome about this because I, I still remember I was like, listen, I need to find a way to clean. And he talked about he talked about taking a, a painter's brush, not yeah. like a big, thick one, but like a, a smaller one that had nice soft bristles. Yep. Mine's right. not quite to that level, but yes, yeah, something <laughs> yeah, like no, that. No, not for that. And using that to really like get around your controller. I actually keep one in the drawer in my booth so that when I get to an event, I'm like, I forgot to clean that. Mm. All right, take this out, dust it up a little bit, you know, and it and it doesn't work perfect, but it's definitely doing better than nothing. MJ, is there any kind of a cleaning beyond the brush? Is there some sort of a a, a chemical of that could be used to help get some of that uh, that dust off? Uh, gasoline and a match will help get it off yeah, really that quick. Probably would, but, but no, it would there's make my honestly. Stickers. Uh, if you watch one of the videos I did about cleaning, uh, there are little, there's two things and they all come from the same world and it's something pretty easy that you can buy anywhere is there are adapters that goes on the end of your shop vac that are really tiny. Some are really tiny brushes for detailing cars. Never spray air because it pushes the dirt further. Use the vacuum to pull it back. And then there's also a thing they use on cars. Um, I've always just known it as clay. But there, it's a type of uh, stuff that is literally moldable clay or putty, and you will put it on cars, and it will pick up like tar and stuff that won't come off without having to scrub real hard. And you can get automotive putty or clay, I can't remember what the name of it is for cleaning, at any, any uh, you know, auto parts store, anything like that. And so if you have crevices, you can push that down. A lot of people will use it in cars for their vents to clean in the vents where they'll push the putty down in the vent and then peel it back. Um, those are the two, the dust. And like I said, the putty can get in all the little niches, niches and cracks and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's hmm. my two, but never blow car, car clay. That's car what clay. Called. That's what it's called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. I've never, I guess I haven't heard of that guys. Yeah. There's a lot. I of didn't either. I did like a quick that. search. 
Yeah, I, I learned something. It, it's some people call it putty. Some people call it clay. I've heard it called everything. You know, I think it's more of a consistency of silly putty than it is clay. Because you know, in my mind, as an artist, you think clay, but that's what it's for: is cleaning stuff in both both getting to hard to reach places and stuff that you might not want to scrub off like on a car because you end up scratching it, you know, if it's tar and you maybe don't want to use a chemical, try this. And it really does a good job on a lot of things. One thing, Jimmy, as since uh, Dan, you brought it up when I was talking to him about that and he mentioned the brush thing to me, but he also mentioned that uh, one of the things they had at the studio when they were doing their remote things was a, an aerosol can of terminal cleaner. And he made it sound like it was something that, that they were using on, on some of these sliding, like a crossfader type of a, a uh, device, but it was something they could use. And uh, then with the brush, the two of them, you would have to turn the power off and such, and it would be unpowered, but then it could clean things and then brush it and clean it off and then let it dry a little bit. And it was good to go. And he really had recommended something like a terminal cleaner is what he referred to it as. There's a whole line by a company called Detoxit. Okay. And they make fader cleaner fader oil and all this stuff that is designed for electronics that must be what he kind of things he's referring just to just go on a d d e o x i t we always called it detoxit but it's the oxid the oxid they, sure. make, they make a whole line of stuff and like i said uh they put it this way when i got my rain one they sent me a little tube of oil and it's a detoxit uh fader lube that came with it a little tiny thing yeah so that's they used you should be able to get it at Radio Shack. They used to call it tuner spray. And it was for doing stuff when you had to put uh, tubes back in an old TV, you would spray the bottom half to make them make better contact and different things, but it's it doesn't arc electricity as well. So it was safe for things like that. Hmm. Tuner spray. That's back in the days. Dang, I'm old. Boy, you're just you're just really I should aging. I should put out a book on all these little things that I've done and seen. <laughs> what what's a tube TV? Yeah, I wasn't gonna that, ask that. That's question. you might have seen pictures of those, Dan, where it was a flat screen TV and it looked like someone put an air conditioner on the back of it. <laughs> that's that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that. All right. Uh great. Uh, let's jump to our next question. Okay, for the next question, we're going to be going mobile with this one. For those times where you've got a very difficult load in, whether it's, say, you're all of a sudden on the second floor of a building, and there's you know rickety stairs, or it's a narrow entry, or you have to go through kitchens to get there, or a long haul, whatever. Do you or have you ever charged extra for a difficult load in? I do if they require me to carry both the bride and the groom in at the same time. Hmm. That can be a problem. Yeah, guns up. Um, for for me, let me put. I don't let them know this, right? So this is not like a line item type of piece where it would be like, oh, you're in such and such venue, so we we're gonna charge you extra. Um, however, there's two scenarios where I tend to charge more for those types of situations. One, if I'm actually in a situation where I'm going to need an assistant, if I've got to bring somebody else along, that's because of the type of setup this is going to be yeah, you're paying for that person to come along. Um, the other type of situation, and this is more of what I run into, there's a couple couple of venues that I that I work in, and I'm, I'm not there often, um, maybe because I do this, but because of how they are, I charge extra kind of as an inconvenience fee because of me. Like, sure. like this is difficult for me. Yes, I can do it, but I'm going to enjoy doing this better 
if I'm making a little extra money from this, right? You know, I, if, if I'm getting a little bit extra padding in the pocket, I can deal with that, you know, that extra weird setup that I've got to do that I've got to, I can't roll all the way up to my, to my spot. I can roll up to it, take it off, put the card up two steps and then put everything back on and then roll it in. Like that's a pain in the butt. Am I going to charge an extra $200? No, I'm going to charge an extra 50 or an extra hundred, something that's going to be just enough for me to go. Yeah. I feel better about this mm -hmm. now. Yeah. I actually just had a, a situation where I had a couple that had, had requested information and we talked about it and quoted a price. And then two weeks later, they came back to me and said, Hey, we want to, we're changing our spot for, instead of being here, we're going to be at this barn. So we went from a backyard in a shade under a shade tree type of situation to the hayloft of a barn, which made steps. So my price had to go up, uh, and it was basically the price went up because I had to bring I would needed to bring Nicholas with, and I'm not going to have him basically donate his time and be there all day long, which unfortunately that uh, that that price change and and because they went to the venue that was charging them more instead of their own backyard, uh, they ended up having to change change and drop a lot of their stuff. But um, yeah, it, it uh, definitely I do similar to what you do, Dan, is uh, just basically kind of build it into the price when it's needed. Uh, Unfortunately, they could not. I could not do that in advance with that barn situation, and it's like, okay, I, I unfortunately I can't go the same price. I'm going to have to bring a second person, and it's going to cost more. And that was enough to uh, send them down the down the line. Well, and I think I think some people are more. This, this is where your where your research ahead of time comes into play. Whether it's whether it's a site survey, whether it's using um, you know some of the um, customer service, you know, management systems that are out there that, that actually have it built in, you know, and different things. I, I think it's a good idea to do some sort of research so you know what you're dealing with, because the last thing that you really want to do is, is have a situation where you quote them a price and then you find out about the place and realize that yes. it has X, Y, Z that you didn't know about. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Price difference. You know, I, I think in some some aspects, some couples are going to be understanding when you're in the situation of what you were, John, like the venue changed, like or where in the venue changed. And you and you, you don't just go, well, now I'm going to charge you more. I'm charging you more because I have to bring somebody else. Yeah. Your your new location, your new setup is requiring me to hire somebody. There's a cost associated with that. Yeah. And and I think some couples are going to be understanding of that, but when you suddenly go, Oh, I didn't really think about that. So it's an extra. Yeah. Th I don't think they're going to be as understanding there. that doesn't pass the smell test very well. No, not usually. <laughs> uh, drink MJ drink. Yeah. I was going to say Ben, Ben, uh, but what about what I do? What happened? Uh, ben in the yeah. chat, but what yeah. about Megaseg? I don't know that's Megaseg sounds like it could be a very intriguing thing. We might need to check that out on a show I someday. I would I think charge, you charge less. I would charge extra if they asked me to use that 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 software. That that should be one of our. Can you could you DJ? You know, randomly pick a software up, out of a hat. Could you DJ the night with it? Um, okay, let's can I get. Play music? <laughs> can I play music? Again, if someone doesn't see so, uh, let's jump to our next question. So our next question has come to us a from a couple of different angles. Uh, this one is basically the idea that 
for multi-system, they're really struggling to find people who want to DJ or people who will DJ. And even clients in some markets are having a difficult time because they're not able to find a DJ as easily as they once were. Um, I know some bars uh, around here who are looking for that $200 DJ can't find them anymore uh, because they're just, in, in their words, nobody wants to work anymore type of thing. Um, for the people who are out there struggling with this, whether it's a venue or whether if it's a multi-system per company who's trying to find, you know, staff, or even a photo booth world. Oh my goodness. Every, it seems like every week, uh, you know, this carpenter guy from DC entertainment is begging for someone to come and run his photo booth. I don't understand that one myself, but, but anyway, what's, what's going on out there? What have you guys heard, seen, or what are your thoughts? I, w- I want to preempt all of that with a question. No, no, with a, a legitimate question. Uh-huh. Because the market that I'm in, that's unheard of. Mm. Like literally somebody will post it on Facebook and 20 people will say they're available. Wow. Even if, hey, I need someone to run a photo booth this weekend. I'll do it. I'll do it. So-and-so is available. Hold on. Give it to my guy. Come on, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, I and you said a $200 bar gig. You could throw up a $200 bar gig in this city and you'd have 20 people that would be there in a minute. Not wow. all of them would be the greatest, but I literally there's that's the thing at least with certain markets and that's why i kind of i think i want you to maybe explain to me is that with here you work hard to keep your gig because there is a line of people trying to get your job right now interesting interesting yeah and we don't have that we're not experiencing that here uh throughout the upper midwest and i mean small city or small town or big big city here I think some of it also depends upon the, the area that we're talking about. Exactly. Not not necessarily the geographical. So so Pittsburgh versus, you know, Minnesota, um, but rather, you know, major city versus more rural. Right. So the pickings are a little bit smaller, obviously, in a more rural area. But what is what has happened for a lot of people becomes like the driving issue. You know, if I have to drive 20 miles to get to said venue. And then I've got to drive 20 miles back and I'm just using a small estimate for some cases. Like their philosophy is like, well, that's going to charge me $300 in gas. So I'm not going to do a $200 gig. You know, that's not quite to that extent, but I've heard some people kind of use that argument of I'm not going to drive such distance because it's going to cost me more than I'm going to make, even though you're still going to make it more than what you would have spent. But, um, but it, it, with that being said, yeah, it, it's hard. And I think I think there, it does come down to some people are just not willing to work for the prices that they used to work for, whatever might be the reason, whether it's not wanting to, whether it's not not running into. But I know, like, for example, you, you used the, the joke I somewhat know with, you know, I've posted looking for people for photo booth, but I'm not alone. Um, mm-hmm. Eric Stoner, who's, who's an hour from me, has college, you know, basically in his backyard with Penn state and able to, to pull from he's talked different times where, you know, he has somebody, but then sometimes he struggles. So he's add up what he's paying his people for his photo booth from where he used to be at just because, you know, they weren't willing to, you know, necessarily you know, go out for the bar money that, that used to be the case. Right. And, and so I think, you know, some of it is, you know, finding staff, we can't expect to find staff, for maybe what we used to pay that's that's one but i also think and david osborne hit on this um in in his seminar at, at djx and i know i keep bringing that up but but it kind of it kind of hit 
where I think some of us are really trying to throw too small of a net and trying to gather enough people. So he, he was talking about when he would have an opening, he would he would purposely try and get two or 300 different applications to fill really what is two spots. Or maybe I'm saying that wrong. He would go through two or three, two to 300 applications to find two or three good people. So sure. I think what ends up happening is, you know, it's not that we can't find staff, but we're trying to throw a net of five people and find someone that's going to be perfect for us when it really might be, we need to throw a much bigger net, try and get a hundred people to find one or two. Not to say you can't find more, but again, bigger net and paying more will definitely help increase that quality pool. Can, can I add a, a quick note to your uh reaching more people. We've talked how many times about networking and how important it is in this business. And that includes online so that you, if somebody, you know, needs something, share their post because sometime you might need something, they'll share yours and that expands your audience. So that's a big part of it. If you have five people and you constantly post on your Facebook page or in your Instagram or whatever about political stuff, no one is going to have <laughs> anything to do with you. So I'm just letting you know that. If your page that you're going on has all these posts and memes and 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 nasty stuff, you're no one's going to have anything to do with you. So you have to ha start from step one and prepare yourself to have a bigger network of friends, business friends, DJ friends, helpers, whatever. I think. And I think I think jumping back to kind of wrap this up is I think the pay the world of pay has changed. It used to be that a person could throw somebody a hundred bucks for Saturday night and they would happily, uh, happily come along and be part of that. I think right now for high school, because I've talked to some high schoolers and wanting them to come along. If I'm not throwing them 150, 200 bucks a night, they're like, yeah, I can, I can, you know, work my day job. But you're you're asking me to give up a Saturday night that I could hang out with my buddies. If I'm going to do it, I need to, you know, I've got to be paid. So I think that, really can can be one of the biggest parts of this process is that you've got you know again multi-system operators have reached out and said hey can you guys do some more things on this and it's like we can't we can't talk to the, that younger generation and say hey you guys should be djs because you know it's a great little part-time job because they've got a lot of options they can go get a job anywhere you know they can go get, get a job at walmart and they're paying literally our local walmart was hiring at 20 dollars an hour this uh or last month you have to look at it as what would it take you to go out and DJ that gig? You better be paying them that much. So if you have a multi-op and you want to ch charge $1,000 to the client and give someone 500 and you take 500, forget that. In They're some cases, doing the work. In some cases, yeah, that is. I mean, it used to be the, the rule of thumb was that you'd want to have basically a third, um, a max at a third. So if I charged $1,000, talent would get 333 that kind of a... a Mentality. Opposite. It and has now, to be opposite or, or they it's, won't touch it's it. It's getting to that point where if you're not at that 50% or or more, they're giving up a whole day and possibly yeah. a whole weekend. And I mean, yeah. even from my standpoint, when I've had people say, hey, uh, you know, John, we got we need this help covering this show. And, and it's like, yeah, no, it's not worth my time. I can sit at home and I'll be much happier than to go take a, uh, a show and, and do that type of a thing. Yeah, so when you, you, you legitimately said that that one third the the helper not the helper but the person you hired would get you would get two thirds as the person your your multi op company. I'm saying it has to be the opposite. So if you're going to hire someone to go out and do a gig, 
you take a small cut off the top, 10, 15, 20%. The rest is theirs, and you will never, ever be short of DJs. Yeah, if a person is paying, able to pay. But I think that, again, is one of the problems that many uh, owner-operators have, especially if they book something out two years in advance. If they book this in 2020 and not realizing where the world was going to go and where staffing and uh, and finding people is going to be, <laughs> they were budgeting paying someone $30 an hour, and now they need to be paying someone 50 to to $100 an hour type of thing. It's a different uh, and unexpected world for them. Well, and I think it's also difficult in some aspects. Like you know, when when we're talking about reaching out to established people, they they have an idea of what they're what the, what's happening. When we're reaching out and asking someone to come along to an event, the the assistant life is not glitz and glamour, right? There, there's no ego. There's nobody coming up high fiving. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but probably not many people going up and high fiving the assistant, saying "You rock." They're going up and they're talking to the DJ or the MC. "You rock," right? Um, you know, the same thing with like the photo booth, like. You know, there's some people that just have that personality and they're having a lot of fun with them and, and that's great. But the average person, they show up and they kind of stand there and it's not really good and glamour. So it's kind of boring work to make money. And so so you've got to also think about, you know, finding a way to to maybe get that ego boost for some of them. And that will also help, you know, with keeping them around with having them want to do the events. And if you're wanting to then train them up to be one of your lead DJs, then, you know, that's another aspect is, is allowing them to see that fun piece so that they want to stick around and, and the, make the money. Because again, if it's giving up, giving up time with their buddies, having fun versus to stand around in a room and make 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. That's not going to, not, not cut it. Not going to win. All right, gentlemen, we need to wrap up here. Um, thank you guys for being with us tonight. It's, uh, we had a good crowd, a good crowd in here for this evening. And some of the questions that you guys have put into the the uh, into the chat, I copied those down, put those in there. I've got to reword them. So there's uh, some great content there. I just have to put it into a, a form, and we'll use that in one of the future nights. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, so this week, what's uh, happening? Then Howie's up next, djntv.com slash chill, hanging with Howie. You can jump in there. It's a Zoom room, and you can go shut your mic off and, and your camera off, and they will be chatting for about 20 minutes and recording. Then it's an open hallway chat after that. Tomorrow night, we'll have uh, the music show from at 9 o'clock East. No, no, Ben's back. Right. We start the Ben Stowe season tomorrow night. Gosh, it's, uh, it's Labor Day. So yes, Ben Stowe is back tomorrow night. He and I are going to talk about subwoofers, placement, and types, and mixing, and matching, and tops, and all sorts of different things, and answering any questions related to subwoofers you may have. This will be going on at 9 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night, and uh, the link is out there. YouTube, If you go out to YouTube.com and go to our live side, you'll see that it's up and available. But that'll be tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Then 10 o'clock, uh, the guys are back in the chill room. That's uh, the Tuesday Night Music Show with Brian and Jay. They'll be going uh, and chatting. Then Wednesday, it'll be the first, there'll be a drop of the music show in the morning, Dan's music show. Then we're going to have a drop of a, um, a pricing, a three-part series on uh, setting your DJ prices. And then uh, we'll have Howie and Brian's uh, recorded shows from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Wednesday night this week. And, uh, and then, yeah, that'll take us for the week. And we're two weeks away from our next DJ and TV training where we're going to be talking about music and then we're going to be talk about, talking about mixing and we're going to get MJ to come in and, and uh, tell us all about the importance of mixing your old-time music. Yes. And uh, next Wednesday, instead of the week of the seminar week uh, doing the music and mixing show, uh, I'm, well, I'm doing the thing at, at the seminar. 
that that Monday night. But it's, I usually do my my virtual DJ show on Wednesday. I'm doing it next Wednesday, the 14th, instead of the 21st. Okay, excellent. Sounds good. That way I, I will pay attention to where it drops. And just so you know, we have a game when with Ben So because it's been a while since Ben's on, right? So you know our game that happens when we say certain software or bands. When when Ben's doing his show, if you hear the word depends, it depends. You gotta drink water. Yeah. That's that and then you or, say depends. Depends. That depends. And then you go to the bathroom after five minutes. But that's another story. So um, oh my goodness. Thank you everybody for, for taking time out of, of joining us tonight. Thank you for all the great questions that are in the chat. Trust me, we are definitely not ignoring them. John is taking them, putting them because I, I can see him already going into the to the document that we have over here. So thank you very much for those. I, I look forward to answering some of those and helping you out and as do the other guys as well. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful evening, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody.